You're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM. I'm Aria Tusi, WNYU's Associate News Director. Today is Monday, March 23rd, and here's a news update from our news department and NYU Local. In a press conference Monday morning, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo addressed the issue of density control in New York City. After closing all non-essential businesses in the state, the governor pointed out that we are still seeing large numbers of people in public places around the city. He urged the city's government to come up with a plan today to reduce the density of people, and specifically the density of young people. A spokesperson from the mayor's office said in an emailed statement that, quote, the city has already banned team sports and revoked all permits for large gatherings and has increased the presence of NYPD and Parks Enforcement Patrol officers to enforce social distancing. The mayor has been outspoken about the fact that he thinks that the people of New York City are, quote, getting the message more and more but he has not yet delivered a plan to the governor for further measures. Tensions erupted in the Senate on Monday when Democrats blocked a $1.8 trillion COVID-19 relief bill. They say the bill, developed entirely by Republicans, does not do enough to protect working-class Americans and those in the healthcare industry in favor of too many benefits for large corporations without enough oversight on how that money is being spent. Democrats argue that the bill needs worker protections to prevent companies from just pocketing the government assistance and laying off employees. Republicans say that the bill must be accelerated through the voting process before Congress is forced to shut down. Minority leader Chuck Schumer has said, quote, We have an obligation to get the details right, get them done quickly. That doesn't mean blindly accepting a Republican-only bill. The Federal Reserve announced on Monday that it would buy as much government debt as needed to prevent an economic depression. Previously, the quantitative easing had a $700 billion cap. The Fed's plan also includes the purchase of commercial mortgage-backed securities and a major expansion of lending facilities to all sizes of businesses and households. This is a stark shift from the Fed's usual activities. Whereas it's normally the, the lender of last resort for financial institutions, the option is now available for the rest of the economy as well. Saeed Tusi is a consultant for private equity on Wall Street with 30 years of executive experience He's also my dad, and he's joining me today to explain what this all means. Hi, thanks for joining me. Hello, Arya. Good to hear from you. So, uh, first question. What is the Fed? Is it separate from the federal government? Is it part of it? What does it do? The Fed is part of the government, but it's separate, meaning that it has a lot of independence. It uh, basically uh, makes its own decisions. Even though, for example, the president uh, appoints the chair of the Fed, but cannot remove the chair of the Fed or cannot interfere in its policies. So Federal Reserve is basically, in other countries, they call it central bank, is the place that uh, decides on practically all of the monetary policies of the country. Now, um, what is monetary policy in particular, and how is it different from fiscal policy? Monetary policy deals um, with uh, things like interest rates, the supply of money that is in circulation in the economy, how we uh, collect the money and use it for various investments that the central bank makes to shore up the economy at different times that right now you may be hearing, for example, about quantitative easing and other steps that they're taking because the stock market is in turmoil. So those are called monetary policies. 
Fiscal policy, on the other hand, is how we spend the money. That is the role of the Congress. The Congress decides, for example, how much money we spend on the military or how much money we want to spend or the raise we want to give to the retirees that are on Social Security. So those are fiscal policies. Monetary policy deals with how much money you make, how you bring the money in, and uh, how you basically um, take care of the money that you have. Sure. And uh, you mentioned quantitative easing. I've been hearing that a lot in headlines recently. What is that? Quantitative easing is a term used by the central bank, by the Fed, when they need to step in and intervene, if you like, in the free flow of um, uh, trades in the stock market or the bond market. And when there is a, um, if you like, an imbalance between the buyers and sellers, uh, the Fed can step in and act as the buyer of the last resort because they have basically, being that they are the central bank, they have infinite amount of money. They can print money all day long. So quantitative easing is when they step in and become the buyer of assets that other people are not willing to buy. Basically, that smooths out the transactions in the stock market and provides, uh, if you want to think about it, uh, like lubrication for the stock market, make sure everything is flowing smoothly. So that's like if I had a stock that I wanted to sell and, you know, right now nobody has any money and everyone's trying to sell um, and there's no one to buy, uh, the quantity of easing would be the Fed buying it from me. Correct. Um, a, a good example would be, let's say you are a business and you have to pay your employees and you are short of money. Generally, companies go get a loan, but given the environment we are in right now, nobody may be willing to give that company a loan to pay their employees. In this case, the, the Federal Reserve will basically become the uh, lender. Mm -hmm. They will loan that business money so they can pay their employees. You, you mentioned that they pretty much have infinite money, that you, they are responsible for printing money, and that they can print money however they like. Generally, when you add a lot to the monetary supply, that leads to a lot of inflation. What do they do to mitigate that? These steps that the Fed takes are generally viewed as temporary. Now, temporary could be days, weeks, months, or it could be many years. Uh, in 2008, we had a fiscal meltdown in the banks, and basically the economy seized up. And the Fed stepped in and provide that, provided that lubrication that I just talked about, and they bought a lot of assets and basically stabilized the market. Um, about five, six years later, they sold basically those assets, and the government actually ended up making money in the process because they bought things very cheap and then sold them when everything was stable. So, um, so that's what a bailout is. That's what a bailout is exactly. So if, uh, for example, they keep printing money uh, to the end of time, of course, eventually we end up with a runaway inflation. But the Fed generally holds the assets until things are stabilized and then basically in an orderly fashion disposes them in the market. So you're not going to also want the Fed to just come in one day and say, we are selling everything we bought two years ago because that would also cause a problem in the market because now suddenly there is too much supply. So basically, they become like a relief valve, if you like. They take assets in when the markets are in trouble, and then over time, they slowly release them. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people that I know uh, and people in politics that have suggested that um, the money that was spent on 
the liquidity injection to the to the market last week uh, could have been spent better on some other kind of spending measure like healthcare or education, like student debt or you know things like of that nature. Explain why the Fed can't do that. Well, part of it is because uh, by law, Fed is limited in what it can or cannot do, the same way that Congress is limited in what it can, can or cannot do. So some of the things people are asking the Fed to do, for example, to nationalize student loans and just buy them all and make it free, that's just not in their mandate. They are not allowed to do that. That is, that is something Congress can do, but not the Fed. Some of the criticism from 2008, for example, was quite valid. Some of the companies, when they became healthy, instead of using that money to help their employees or or, uh, the general public, what happened is they ended up buying the shares of the company back, which boosts earnings, which basically artificially improves the results of the company, which means the executive will get bigger bonuses. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a criticism that is quite valid. However, the, the decision itself uh, was necessary to be made at the time because the patient was in dire need of uh, blood transfusion. And the no patient being the economy. The economy and those companies, in, specifically with the banking system, for example. Now, in this round, it seems like there is more emphasis on that and the money that is going to these companies for bailout going to be basically uh, given to them with much more or many more strings attached so they can't do certain mm-hmm. things with the money. Um, the other thing that basically uh, the, the bailout means uh, is not just buying the company's assets or those things. is basically, for example, if you have a loan, and uh, you pay mortgage, uh, at the end of the month, you have to pay your uh, monthly payment to the bank. If you don't pay it after the second month, the bank will come for collection. And if you don't have the money, they will sell your building and take their money out. We don't want that to happen to companies because then the small businesses will go out of business because they can't pay their loans, they can't pay their employees. In this case, when we say bailout, the Fed steps in and becomes that lender. So bails out the business so they don't have to write a check this minute. The government may form the terms as uh, interest-free mm-hmm. or low interest. So basically gives a breathing room to those businesses so they can get back on their feet. That's that's the whole point of a bailout. And th- this came along with the Fed's announcement this morning where they, they said not only are they expanding the cap on the quantitative easing, that they're also expanding the types that they're doing. So as I understand it, normally this is something aimed at big businesses and like banks. Um, but this time it's being expanded to be available for every sector of the economy, including small businesses. Correct. This was the, the critical part of the announcement. There were two very important points. One was that it was unlimited. They said they will do as much as necessary. And the second part was um, that they expanded it from their traditional uh, investment portfolio that they have historically done with corporate bonds. Now they have expanded it to municipal bonds and even things like a student loan bundle, the student loan and mortgage-backed securities. So this will have a much, much broader impact uh, on the economy. Thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. We will be providing daily news updates that you can catch rebroadcast every hour on the hour here on WNYU. You can read more about campus news at nyulocal.com. Again, I'm Aria Tusi, the Associate News Director, and now back to the music.